Good morning, and uh, thank you for joining us. Whether you're uh, watching online or you're here in church, it's really great to have you here. You know, I really love those videos that we've put up the last couple of weeks, even with a few technical issues we've had this morning. Aren't they incredible? And speaking of the last four weeks, we've had an amazing month learning about characters of the Bible in our summer stories. Yes, it definitely has felt like summer. I mean, this summer, we've had an amazing weather, haven't we? It's been incredible. What about the cricket? Test cricket. The Ashes. 4-0. One-day internationals. We're not going to talk about that? No. Well, anyway, in our summer summer stories today, this this month, we've had uh, Wayne Kerrison start us off talking about Jonah, followed up by Phil Van Ryan, spoke about Philip, and... Last week, Carmel McGee spoke about Shifra and Pua. I think that's right. And yes, Carmel, like he said last week, if I ever had any more kids, I could name them Shifra and Pua, could being the operative word. But three stories all presented by some world-class speakers. And now it's all left up to me, so no pressure. But what's also amazing are the stories and the lessons we've learned so far about these characters and how we can apply them to our own lives. And with God's willing grace today, I pray that that will again happen this morning. You know what I love about those clips in particular? Is at the end, they have a quick version. They have like a 30-second sort of highlight. Like it sort of just goes straight to the best bits. Skip over all the other stuff. Just get straight to the point. You know, about 10 years ago, I watched a movie about a person who could do just that. Does anyone remember what the movie was? I think someone said it. Click, yeah, the movie was Click. It was made in 2006, so I was back in my teenage years. Now, in this movie, Adam Sandler plays the character of Michael Newman, and he's a hard-working architect, and he's married to his uh, long-term sweetheart, Donna, and they have two kids. Now, Michael's easily pushed around by his boss, and he often puts his work above his family. Now, one day he goes to a retail store called Bath, Bed and Beyond, and he goes there looking for a universal remote for his home. He stumbles across all the different departments and he falls onto this bed, looks over, and he sees a store that's just simply titled Beyond. And he speaks to a bloke there by the name of Morty who offers him a free remote but warns that it can never be returned. And learning to use the remote... Michael learns that it actually has the ability to control reality, much like television. You can pause, you can rewind to events in time, and you can also fast forward. Now, I'm not going to give too much more away of the story, but I do remember one particular scene where Michael used the remote to fast forward through an argument he'd had with his wife. And I still remember what he said. He goes, we missed the whole fight. Yes! Now... With my trusty remote, I'm just going to press pause here for a second. Because last month, Katie and I celebrated 15 years of marriage. Thank you. And I'm thinking that that type of remote may have come in handy sometimes in our relationship. Because most, if not all, couples go through disagreements. Imagine skipping past all those. Well, it might have helped me. I don't know if it would have helped Katie or indeed our relationship. So I guess I have to confess that, yes, over the last 15 years, we have had some disagreements, mostly because Katie didn't know that I was already right. 
You know, Katie quite often tells me that I don't listen or don't... I don't know, I wasn't really paying attention at the time. Maybe if I used the rewind button, I could go back and work out what it is she told me. See, I've thought about this. All right, time to press that play button. So the storyline of the movie evolves, and Michael soon learns that those seemingly bad moments that he skipped over contain valuable time with his family and important life lessons which he'd missed. But as people, we often want things now, don't we? We don't want to have to wait. I'm going to press that pause button just one more time. Because believe it or not, my wife says that I need patience. And I say, why? I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, and that is, how can she not remember that I'm actually a police officer? I mean, I even wear a big yellow fluoro jacket just to help make it easier. And then there's other times, where, speaking of patience, there's other times where, maybe because I'm a little bit taller than Katie, I tend to walk faster. And I guess I'd like to get where I'm going to quickly as well. And quite often she'll say, stop, you're Russian. And I'll say, no, I'm Dutch. <laughs> Again, she just doesn't get it. But I'm glad you all do. But in all honesty, I am very blessed to have Katie in my life. In fact, I, th I think you remember a few weeks ago, Phil Van Ryan, in his talk, he brought out some medals, a lot of medals that he'd won in all his running events. And I think you'd have to agree that after 15 years, Katie would definitely deserve a medal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And just to clarify, she would get the silver because I would get the gold, right? Was that right? All right. Okay. Let's press that play button once more time. In fact, some of you are thinking, let's just press that fast-forward button. <laughs> but we do live in an instant gratification society, and patience is not always our strength. Technology shifts mean that we can have things faster than ever before. We don't have to wait like often we used to. You know, I reckon that Abraham wished that he had a remote, and he could have skipped straight past to having a child. Do you remember how long it was it took him to have children? 25 years, all up, 25 years. And they didn't have the technology or distractions to entertain themselves like we do today. You know, a lot happens in 25 years. I remember it was about 25 years ago that mobile phones sort of started to come out. Now it's pretty hard to imagine life before them or even without them. You know, they say today the average person will spend four years of their life looking down at their phone. Four years. And 25 years ago, they weren't even around. Remember the clip of Abraham and Sarah just sitting around that campfire, just waiting? That would have been a very true picture. 25 years would have seemed an eternity. But in skipping forward, Abraham would have missed so much more, which I believed helped strengthen him and make him the man that he became. And those things he would have missed is something I want to talk about today, faith and patience. As we saw in the clip, God promised Abraham that him and Sarah would have children. He promised that they would have kids, even though that they were sort of over the age of having kids, and she'd never been able to bear children before. But as we heard in this story, along with this promise from God, also came a test of obedience. God actually asked Abraham for him and Sarah to leave their home first and follow him. Now they had a tough choice to make. This choice was not going to be easy. Has anyone here today had a tough choice to make where maybe you've heard God's calling but has meant God asking you to do something first? Yeah, 
I have, and I'll share my story soon. But as it is written in the book of Genesis, in the very first book of the Bible, Abraham certainly had a tough choice to make. He could either stay with his friends and be comfortable, or trust God and get uncomfortable. In making that decision, he had to believe that God would do something that seemed impossible. So after much thought, he decided to trust God and trust that God would keep his promise. And so they moved. They moved to a place called Canaan, a place they'd never been to before. And what did God do when he got there? God reminded them of his promise. Now, he didn't mean it was time for them to have children. It was just a reminder that they would. You know, in my spare time, I love watching special forces training videos on YouTube. In those videos, soldiers are pushed to extreme limits designed to get the best out of them, to move past their limits and towards greater levels. And through the many gruelling phases that these people face, most never make it. The training instructors will often use inspiring and sometimes colourful words to get soldiers to perform higher, better and faster, to push past what the soldier thinks is possible and into the impossible. And one particular inspiring set of words that I heard from a training instructor is a video is a, um, a quote originally from a man named Eric D. Thomas. Now, he's a motivational speaker, he's an author, and he's a minister as well. And he says this, to get to that next level, you've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I'm going to say that again. To get to that next level, you've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. As I mentioned earlier, I also have a personal story about a promise from God, but with that came a test. And my story surrounds my workplace. As I mentioned earlier, I am, yes, a police officer. Obviously, today, I'm undercover. <laughs> it doesn't get any better. Well, a few years ago, I felt that I could add more value to where I worked with Tasmania Police. I'd been a detective and a constable there for over 15 years, and I heard God's calling for me to step up and become a better person of influence. And I knew this influence meant that I had to go through promotion to become a sergeant. So instead of just being led by people, I could lead people, or as Bill Hybel says it so well, to move people from here to there. Now, don't get me wrong, I believe that everyone can or is a leader, but particularly in my profession that I know of, being promoted does earn a level of respect and people do tend to take more focus, uh, more attention to what you say and what you do. So I'm on that journey believing the calling that I'm going to get promoted. It means I start going back to full-time shift work, something I hadn't done for a while. I'm spending a little bit less time with the family, but that's all right because I'm believing that calling and I go, well, you know, I've got to show them that I can actually perform the role. So after quite a few busy months in that role and a very, very steep learning curve, I had some well-earned annual leave. And uh, I remember, actually, it was March last year, so it was actually Hope Camp, so that was when my last leave was. I had a great time at Hope Camp, and a quick plug, it's back on again this year, so make sure you get connected. I was enjoying the 30-degree heat that we had that time of year. I was also doing a few things around the home after camp had finished. I was catching up with friends, and I was just relaxing. And more than that, I knew that when I was going to come back from my leave, that I was going to go back to my old role, which was easy and comfortable. There's that word comfortable again. But like when God promised Abraham and asked firstly Abraham to do something, 
this is where my story starts to align. Because while I was in my last week of annual leave, my inspector rings me and says, because we're so short on numbers, Ben, I need you to come back and do more acting sergeant work. Now, this meant that I had to um, shuffle things around and I had to change my rosters at very, very short notice. Now, as a duchy, which I am, we are known for being focused, some would say stubborn, and we're quite resistant to change. And I remember on that day, my mind just went, boom! And I responded by resisting. I got quite frustrated and I got quite annoyed at what was asked of me. I thought, hadn't I done enough? I remember having a conversation with another senior sergeant at the time and he asked me the question, do you want to get promoted? At the time I said, of course I did, but I didn't see the bigger picture. I just had my blinkers on. Much later when I reflected on this conversation, I came to realise that it was actually a test. A test of my ability to be patient and have faith. And I guess looking back, he also reminded me of the promise of what was to come, much like God reminded Abraham of his reminder to have children. But as my wife often tells me, I do actually need patience. So I took some deep breaths and I slowed right down and I agreed and I performed the role with a little bit of patience and a lot of faith. And I guess I had to realise that I had to start getting comfortable with being uncomfortable myself. So what happened after that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because God did actually fulfil his promise. In fact, just two months after that date, I got promoted to sergeant on my very first application. And I believe that God has and still has a special plan for my life. God's plan came to fruition but he also tested and grew my patience and faith. It helped me push past what I thought was possible and into the impossible. And like God has a plan for me, he also has a plan for you. You see, life is not so much about the destination, but more about the journey that we're all on. It wasn't just about getting promoted, it wasn't just about getting to that point. It was about learning along the way that helped get me to that point. And we're all on that journey. Here at Door of Hope, we call it the Hope Pathway. Whether you're a friend, an explorer, a new Christian, a growing Christian, or Jesus-centred, others-focused, we're all on that journey. And you know what? Journeys take time. It requires patience and faith to keep believing that God has a special plan for your life and your journey. Does this mean we don't get frustrated? Of course not. I'm not saying that. We still need to feel what we feel. But do we just give in and give up? Or do we stay the course, be patient and have faith? Trusting and believing that something will happen. Have you ever been in a situation where it feels like God is just never going to come through? Like, his word was really clear and he said it was going to happen, but just never seems to happen. Well, I remember when God told Katie and I that we were going to start a family. It was a really exciting time because as many of you know here today, we had no plans before that to ever, ever have kids. I mean, at the end of the day, we had two cute little doggies and that's all we needed. But anyway, God's calling to us was very clear. So after six months that things didn't happen, I started to wonder, started to question. 
I started to doubt and then I started to get frustrated. My, my frustration started me thinking, is there something wrong with me? Maybe it isn't meant to be. Maybe God didn't really say it like he said it. But his voice was very clear. And this was only after six months. Imagine how you'd be thinking after 25 years. Not 25 months, 25 years. What thoughts or feeling might have been going through Abraham's mind? Maybe I didn't hear God right. What's wrong with me? Why aren't things happening? Are we there yet? You know, being called to have children is a big thing, but callings don't have to be big in themselves. It could be something quite small happening in your life right now. And we have callings that we face every day. And when a calling takes longer than we want, yes, we can get frustrated, we can feel insecure, inadequate, but that's not what God says. You matter to God. He says that you are significant, you are valuable. He says in his word, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, when I read and reread the story of Abraham, I tried to find out how long was it that God said it was going to be until they had children. I looked and I looked and I looked and guess what? Couldn't find it. I didn't find the old, oh, it's going to be nine months, buddy. It's going to be 5th of July next year. He just said and promised that it was going to happen. You know, as I said before, we live in a world where things are getting faster and faster and we don't want to have to wait. We just want to get to the point and we want to fast forward. And like I did, we can all get frustrated with timing, but instead of just getting frustrated, we also need to get faithful. Remember, it's the journey, not the destination. I'm going to put this on the screen if I can. Have a look at this picture. What's on this picture? What can you see? Yep, see a dot? Yep. Anything else about the dot? It's black, yep. Bit of a funny circle. If all you see is the dot, you're missing so much more. Because if all we focus on is the destination, we miss the journey. We miss the journey where we learn and grow towards our destination. You know, the funny thing is, when I was pondering about what to speak about today, I remember saying, come on, God, just tell me what it is you want me to talk about. And I never knew and I never realised that learning what to talk about today, he was actually teaching me a valuable lesson about patience and faith also. You know, when you have faith and patience, you can achieve unbelievable things. You can do immeasurably more with God than you can without God. What did Abraham do that was unbelievable? Well, if we skip forward to the Bible, when Isaac was now a boy, then God tested Abraham to go up to Mount Moriah and kill his only son. Abraham was confused well, of course he would. He had, he had feelings. He didn't want to kill his only son. I guess Abraham could have ignored God and stayed comfortable, but by having faith and trusting God, Abraham went up to that mountain knowing what was going to happen. 
Now, Abraham didn't go up the mountain because he was comfortable, but he went up the mountain because he was comfortable with being uncomfortable. And through his faith and patience to God, as we know, Isaac was spared. Could Abraham have done or even contemplated doing that without God telling him? I don't think so. You know, nearly every action in Abraham's life showed his great faith in God. He left his country and countrymen never to return. He believed the promise of a son, even though the birth was naturally impossible. He cast out a son, Ishmael, when God and Sarah commanded it, and he was even willing to offer his son, Isaac, when God demanded it. And because of his great faith, Abraham enjoyed the victory of faith. So Abraham definitely lived by patience and faith. Another way to say it, I guess, is he waited on the Lord. You know, I've heard that saying a lot, wait on the Lord. It doesn't say for the Lord to wait on us. It's asking me, it's asking you, it's asking all of us to actually do something. It's not simply about God turning up and fixing everything and doing all the work. It's about a relationship that we each contribute to because that's how healthy, vital relationships work. And it's no different with God. So what's so great about waiting? Do we even gain anything from waiting? Well, in Isaiah 40, 31, it says, But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Lamentations 3.25, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. And this one particularly I love, Romans 5.3-4. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And it's that hope we have, knowing that we live in a fragile and uncertain world that we absolutely need to hold on to. The hope that God has a plan for our life, the hope that God has a plan for your life. And like he promised Abraham thousands of years ago, he promises the same to everyone today. Sometimes we have to wait a long time to wait for God's promise, but he does end up fulfilling his promise. You know, all throughout the Bible, we read stories of those who persevered with patience and faith. Many of us know the story of Joseph, who believed that others would one day bow down to him. But then Joseph's brothers plotted to kill him, they sold him off to merchants and he was put in jail for years. But even after all that, Joseph became the second most powerful man in Egypt and guess what? People bowed down to him. All because Joseph was patient and had faith. Remember those elite soldiers I spoke about earlier, being pushed with extreme tests and pushed to the absolute limit? Guess who makes it? Well, the instructors will tell you that it's the mental ability that gets people through, not the physical. It's not the biggest guys, it's not the fastest, it's not the tallest, it's not the quickest that make it. It's those that have the patience and faith to to believe they can make it, that the promise would be fulfilled. And it's the same in everyday life. You don't have to be the best, you don't have to be the biggest, you don't have to be the tallest. You just have to have the patience and faith to get there, to go on that journey. 
Will you have disappointments? Will you get frustrated? Yep, you will. But know this, God's plans will always be greater and more beautiful than all your disappointments. I read this next quote a few days ago and I absolutely love it. God has perfect timing. He's never early. He's never late. It may take a little patience and a lot of faith, but it's always worth the wait. You know, here at Door of Hope, we are led by an amazing group of elders and staff who live with adventurous faith in our 2020 vision. They have big visions and they have big dreams. All because, as a church, we don't want to just be comfortable. We want to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. So as I wrap up, I just have one question for you. One simple question. Are you comfortable? Or are you comfortable with being uncomfortable? Because wherever you are right now in life, if you're just comfortable, then I don't believe that's where God wants you to be. I believe God wants you to live with adventurous faith. I believe God wants you to live with that faith believing the calling on your life. God doesn't want you to simply click to the destination, but he wants to grow you and teach you as you experience the journey. So don't just sit there in life and just be comfortable, but with faith and patience, start to become comfortable with being uncomfortable.